From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork, and I'm wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about the impact that the current racial climate has on marriages. And there's a quote from John Gray that says, God is not colorblind or culture blind. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about today. But first, we start each and every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And this hug comes from a Facebook post that a summit partner in the position of the month club had shared with us. And it says, wow. How good has the series on romance defined been? My beautiful Mm. wife and I listened to all three episodes and they have been an eye opener for us. We had forgotten about true romance. We thought knowing one another's love languages was enough. But after hearing both the female and male points of view on this topic, we realized there is so much more to romance than just that. We realized what it's like to truly romance your partner. You guys have sparked a conversation that has been both difficult and enlightening. When my wife actually admitted she didn't know how to romance me because I had never told her, I realized she was right. I hadn't. Wow. I had spent so much time time trying to show her love that I hadn't shared with her how I would like to be romanced. So after discussing, we decided to both write down what romance looks like to one another. Since doing this, she has shown more physical affection toward me. I've sent her a letter and am more aware how to romance her more than just doing the words of affirmation. And our sex life has gone to another level. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tony and Lisa, for addressing this topic. Yeah, that one, that series was an amazing series. And if you haven't listened to it, make sure you go check it out on your favorite podcast app, Romance Defined. We, we define it. We go from her point of view, his point of view. And so you can get a very holistic view of what romance is in a marriage and specifically what it would look like in your marriage. Absolutely. And you know, as Tony said at the top of the show, this particular episode of the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, we're talking about the impact of the current racial climate on marriage. And as we start this show, there's just a little disclaimer that we want to put on the front of it. And that is that Tony and I have never in 10 and a half years um, done a show on the racial climate. And, you know, truth be told, we might not get everything right. We, we might say, that, you know, this is a very raw conversation for a lot of people, for us as well. And we want to make sure that when there are things that are happening in the world that impact everyone, that we actually we understand what that looks like for marriage. And mm-hmm. we bring it to you guys. We bring it a, a conversation because, you know, most everyone has seen the video of the officer's knee on George Floyd's neck. There have been protests in cities around the country and around the world. There have been blackouts on social media. And we're in a time and season where color and race are, are being seen and being discussed more than ever before. And here's something that you all need to know about the one family. First of all, we are a family. That's true. Which, you know, when a show is heard like this show is in more than 150 countries, what that means is that we have family members of all colors, all colors, all languages, literally spanning the globe. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, the folks listening in your particular little corner of the world. And that means that you have brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, you know, extended family members all around who desire to have an extraordinary marriage. And that means that extraordinary marriages 
also come in all colors. Yeah. Right. And so when somebody in the family, and I mean, think about this in your own family, if your spouse or one of your kids is hurting, the entire family is impacted. And the truth of the matter is, is that we have a lot of members in the one family who are really hurting Mm -hmm. right now. And that means that we need to do this show because when somebody's hurting, it impacts all of us and it impacts marriage. And, you know, we asked the question on Instagram, we asked you, you know, are you a person of color or do you know someone who is? Mm -hmm. And 93% of you said yes to one of those two things. So that means virtually everyone in the one family either is or knows someone. Mm -hmm. We have to be having this conversation in our marriages. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about what's being experienced in our families, what our kids are seeing. We need to talk about what the dynamic is between husband and wife because this racial, this political situation isn't just happening out there. It's actually a marriage situation that needs to be addressed. And, you know, if there's one thing that I think Tony and I would agree on that we've learned over the last 10 and a half years of doing this show and seeing marriages become extraordinary is that extraordinary couples are stepping into this place where they're having the hard conversations, where they're tackling the tough topics mm-hmm. and doing so even when it feels uncomfortable, even when it feels awkward, even when they don't have all the right words to say, but they're doing it. And that's why we're doing this show today because, you know, we, Tony and I were in Arizona when yeah. all of this was happening. We were pretty much off. We were definitely off news. I mean, we're pretty much off you know, major news anyhow um, when this was happening. Yeah, we had taken some time away. We, you know, after all this quarantine, Arizona had opened up. California was still shut down. And we decided we were, we were going to, we actually had a plans this summer to go to Europe mm-hmm. for We'd been saving and saving, and it was going to be our European vacation, taking our kids. This is the last summer we have with our oldest, and we, we really wanted to go there and and just celebrate mm-hmm. as a family. And when that wasn't going to happen, we soon as Arizona opened up, we were looking and booking, and so we found a place there. And it was a place just to rest and rejuvenate, mm-hmm. um, get away from the four walls and in our own home. You know, get some sunshine and sun mm-hmm. and, and sit in the pool. And we are blessed that we got to bring some friends of the kids. And so we had a full house. So it was our time to just relax mm-hmm. and, and really not think of much. Because as we've s- shared many a times on the show, vacations are good. It's a mm-hmm. great place for you to, to check out a little bit, but also, you know, have some expectations of something different. Right. than what we do on our normal day to day. And so with that, um, we were we were in Arizona and not really doing a whole lot with social media or news or anything like that when the video footage of... Ori- originally came out. When yep. it, the video footage originally came out and, you know, driving home, we're being met with, with messages from our pastor. And, you know, there was just all this kind of conversation happening like, hey, we just need to t- touch base and, and talk about what's going on. And then Friday night um, of that week, I was invited to participate in, a, in an IG Live, a mom's night out, where we were going to be talking about, you know, how do you talk to your kids about race? Mm-hmm. And so th- the woman that had invited me, this dear friend, she is a white woman married to a black man. Mm-hmm. And so her children are mixed. And it was in having these conversations with her um, and seeing the pain on her face that I realized there was a whole lot that I didn't know. 
And there was a whole lot that needed to to be discussed. And, and there were areas of growth um, or growth opportunities, I should say, that I realized if I was experiencing, and we've said this so many times on the show, that if we see something that's happening in our own marriage, it probably means that we need to share it with all of you. Because it's not just... Nothing in our lives happens in isolation, regardless of what, you know, is going on with this whole coronavirus COVID situation and we're all isolated. We're still part of community. Yeah. And so, you know, I, it, was, it was such an interesting moment as I was standing there talking to her because I remember having the thought, well, I, I don't see color. Like, you're my friends. I, I don't see this. And, and I was having that thought. And then, you know, she's like, so many people have said, you know, well, I'm colorblind. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking... I've said that before. Right. We I've, both have said that. We both have said that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but that's the problem. Or that's not the problem, but that's part of the problem. Because, you know, just like that quote we opened with from John Gray, that God is not colorblind or culture blind. Like there, God made us all different colors on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's who it, God has this like giant, you know, it's kind of like the Crayola box of like a million colors. Right. And so, my choosing or thinking that I'm I'm doing the right thing by being colorblind is actually diminishing what other people's experiences are. And it's not taking the time to acknowledge it. And and as soon as we started to have this conversation, I realized, oh my gosh, Elisa, you have a lot of room to grow. And then Elisa came home and posed to me, she's like, hey, have you reached out to the husband? I'm like, why? I mean, haven't seen him in a while. And she's like, well, he he may be going through something and you should reach out. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, but it's just my buddy. It's fine. I haven't, I haven't reached out to him in a little bit. We haven't seen each other. And it, it just got me thinking like, and, and I was resistant to tell you the, the honest truth. I was resistant. I was like, why? Like, well, I don't need to do that. He, he's fine. And, and then I got convicted. And so I pulled out my phone and I texted him. I said, Hey man, I don't know what's going on. I have no words to say. And yet I, I want you to know that I'm thinking of you and I'm here. Because mm. I didn't know what to say. It, just as a heads up, I grew up in a place called Banning. I just want to give a little context of what I grew up in. Because I didn't grow up in a, a suburban area like I live in now. San Diego is pretty white overall. My college days were pretty white overall, but where I grew up in Banning, it was very mixed. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact percentages, but a lot of my friends were black. A lot of them. The, the ASB president before me was black. The one that came after me was black. I mean, these were people I hung out with and it wasn't just black. We had, we had Mexicans, we had, um, Vietnamese, Laotian. I mean, we we were a mix where Definitely I grew a melting up. Plot. It, it, melting pot. It was, and and these were my friends. And and when I left high school and I left Banning, it became more white. Mm-hmm. It, it it did. But what I grew up in never has never left me. My best friend Corey, uh, my freshman year in high school, I remember the fall. I I got a call from a, a friend of mine. Uh, she had been college. In college, college, freshman year in college, sorry, um, from a friend of mine, and she had been shot and killed in a drive-by shooting. It devastated me to see her leave this world so early. Beautiful. I mean, she was the captain of our cheerleading team. I, I just loved her. We we did so many fun things together. Um, but then it was in that moment that I, I was like, you know what I do? And and luckily I did because he, he hit me back and he's like, yeah, man, it's been a bit crazy. 
Um, my dad, they, he grew up in Minneapolis area and they were just in the, in the process of getting his dad moved out of his, his apartment, wherever he was living, because the two buildings beside him or on either side of him were on fire and burning. Mm -hmm. And so the family had to come around and get dad out of there, um, to protect him and those around him as well. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting because as those conversations started happening that Friday night and just the conversations that we've had over the last few weeks, I realized that, you know, a big part of the challenge is, you know, we just don't know what to say. And mm -hmm. as I was experiencing that, I thought, it's true. you know, it's so, it's so similar to another experience that Tony and I, um, have had in our marriage and we've shared it on the show, but I just want to, I want to share that with you as, as a comparison. So, um, gosh, 18, six, 15 years ago, I had to do the math. Um, our son, Andrew was delivered at 18 weeks. And so technically considered a miscarriage. He never took a breath. And after that, there were so many people that stayed back right? That didn't say anything. And as I learned later, it was because they didn't know what to say, or they were afraid of saying the wrong thing. And then there were people that did step forward and did say the wrong thing. And there was all of these, you know, words either being said or not being said. And it was a really uncomfortable situation. And as I was listening to my friend and as I've talked to other friends, you know, who are black, who are in, you know, biracial marriages, all of this kind of stuff, I realized, oh my gosh, it's the same thing. There's all of this fear Mm -hmm. that we have of going, oh my gosh, well, I don't know what to say, or I'm, I'm definitely going to say the wrong thing. So it's better that I keep my mouth shut or, well, what if, what if there are different viewpoints and this can be in marriage, this can be with your friends, this can be with family, you know, fear of being seen in a certain light, whatever mm -hmm. that means to you or fear that you're going to actually cause more hurt or step on toes. And I will tell you some of these fears, you guys, we actually went through this and even deciding to do this show. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we're like, what if we say the wrong thing and somebody gets really ticked off at us and we said, you know what? It's better that we bring light to a conversation and be willing to go there, even if we make a mistake, than it is to not say anything and let people think, do they care about me? Because the one thing that I've been hearing time and time again, when, when we do step out and have these conversations, when we're willing to be real and actually create connection, is that there's an intimacy that's formed. Because there are a lot of people right now, because they're hurting, because this is going on, whose friends have pulled back, and it doesn't matter what color the friends are that have pulled back, but they're like, do you care about me? Mm. Do you care about this? Do you care what's going on? And the truth is, is that fear is nothing new in life, but the breakthrough is going to come when we actually face our fears and realize, you know what, us not talking to our friends, us not addressing this, that's about us. Yeah. And it, it, that was exactly where I was when I was thinking about texting my buddy. That, that was me. It, it was about me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I was very selfish in that moment of uh, like, why, why would I want to, why would do I need to? The great thing is that the text turned into a phone call, which we both needed to have mm -hmm. because we both have boys who are going into their senior year. They both play football. And so the, the conversation morphed into you know, what's happening and how's he dealing with it to, you know what, our kids and our family. And I think it gave both of us a, a bit of just peace. I, I, it gave me peace and, and I think he had it as well. And so I think overcoming those fears are what we do in our own marriages. Mm -hmm. And we have to, if we're going to have conversations that are outside of what we normally have. You guys know, we talk about sex, love, and commitment. And I believe that the fears that we have around those three can also bottle us up having 
having those conversations around other things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we're looking at the fears of, you know, having those conversations, right, with family members or, you know, the, are we going to reach out to the friend or the person of color and say, you know, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm but I'm going to be your friend in this or, you know, having conversations with people that might have a different opinion than you do. Hello. I, I know with social media and with, you know, all the different news channels and things like that, that you can isolate yourself in a bubble where you only are, are listening to or having connection with people that are just like you, but the different people out there are part of your community. And so we need to talk about the other emotions. We can't just be stuck in this place of fear or the other emotions. And we're going to talk about those right after this word from our sponsor. Besides the fear, right? Besides the fear that's, that's keeping us from having these interactions, it's keeping us from having these conversations. It's this sense of sadness mm. that this is the world that we live in. And that sense of sadness can actually you know, bring this sort of despair over you individually. Mm-hmm. over your marriage, over your family. And, you know, from the beginning, one of our core values here at One Extraordinary Marriage has been hope. Mm-hmm. The other ones, hope, action, relationships, and faith. When we're dealing with a racial situation, this political situation, this really big thing, I will tell you those four core values have never been more important. And feel free if you want to adopt any of them for your family. But we, we need to look at this place of going, okay, wait, if, if I'm dealing with this sense of sadness or despair, what do I need to do to bring hope? Mm-hmm. Right? What do I need to do? What if, I, if I'm angry at the injustice in the world, where do I go and find hope? Who can I talk to? Who can I build a relationship with so that I can actually see the good in the world so that I can have intimacy and connection so that I can understand the world from a different perspective? How do I, you know, create action around. And and I will say this too, not only do we have, you know, in the one family, lots of different colors. We also have a lot of people who are first responders, specifically police officers. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, when we asked, you know, what was one of the, what's one of the biggest concerns in this situation? We have law enforcement officers, spouses of all colors who are saying every time my spouse goes to work, I don't know if they're coming home. You know, so we have to, we have to be the ones that are taking action in this world who are saying, you know, what does this look like for me to be willing Mm -hmm. to have the awkward conversations? What does it mean for me to step out of my comfort zone? Hello. That was last Thursday's show where we're talking about, you know, getting into this place where we're getting out of our comfort zone to start having the conversations. And that's really where this starts. You guys, what does the conversation look like in your family and in your corner of the world? How are you addressing this with boldness to have the conversation with your spouse, with your kids, with your community? And I'm not saying, you know, spewing anger and spewing, you know, the big emotions all over the place, but really, like we've said so many times, are you having the conversation to understand? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to say, hey, I may not have walked in your shoes, but I, I'm here and I just talk to me if it's the right time, right? If not, then just know that I'm here for you. And I will say though, having the conversation, the, the fear is going to grip you. Absolutely. Because you don't know what to say, or you know how your spouse may react or not react. And that in itself will stop you from having that conversation. But I will tell you, if you don't at least start opening up the conversation, it's also going to start impacting your intimacy. It's going to impact that love and, and, and that commitment that you've made to one another. 
because you begin to start building some walls between each other. Mm -hmm. And when we have those walls in between each other in a marriage, we find reasons why we're against each other instead of for each other. We're all about being on the same team here. And I'm not saying this is an easy conversation. I'm not saying you, you agree 100%. I think Elisa and I still don't see eye to eye on this at times. We may, we may be close, but I think how we approach it and how we're going to address it and how we're going to, to explain it or talk to people about it is different. But we can honor that in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's also thinking, you know, who do you need to reach out to? Mm-hmm. Right. Who are the people that that maybe you don't actually see their color because they're friends of yours and you're just like, I love you and you're a person in my life. But if you stopped and took a step back and said, oh, my gosh, your skin color is actually a little different than mine. And because of that, you might be experiencing the the situation in the world differently than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to actually ask you what your life experience is. I'm going to ask you to share with me. Yes, there are so many books out there and I've seen, you know, on social media, people are saying, read this book, read this book. But, you know, there's a different thing that happens when you open a book or you read it on your Kindle. And then when you actually sit down and have a conversation, this is true in marriage, you guys can, you know, you can listen to all the podcasts you want, you can read all the books you want, but it's a very different experience when you sit across from your spouse or across Mm -hmm. from a friend and you say, I I just want to get to know you better. Mm Mm-hmm. It breaks down the walls, you guys. It creates intimacy and connection, and we need more of that in this world than less of it, right? And and for some of you, it may be encouraging your spouse that they need to reach out to someone, just like I did with Tony, where I'm like, hey, dude. And he was resistant, you guys. He, no joke, I I could feel the blow off. And the truth was, I was going to let him stew in it for a little while, and then I was going to politely nag because- Politely. I'm not sure you can, it kind of sounds like an oxymoron, yeah. but I was, I was prepared because it wasn't about Tony. It, it wasn't, it was about friends of ours who were hurting and he and, had an opportunity to shift that. And no, when your spouse is coming to you like that, they love you. They, they do. I, I think we can get in our, again, we can get in our corner. We can get defensive. We can, we can go down these rabbit holes of what I've gone through. And maybe that's the conversation you need to have. Maybe your spouse doesn't know about it. Maybe, maybe, you know, you've been holding something inside that needs to come out. The truth needs to be revealed Mm -hmm. to your spouse. And you could be married a few months or 40 years. You know, I I still think there are times, even in, in our marriage where Elisa and I talk and we get behind these microphones every week, there are still like little things that come up in our lives prior to prior to even meeting each other during our our dating engagement phase and in all the years that we've been married mm-hmm. things still come up things that i i stored in my head that i never shared with her and then something happens and the, a reaction comes up and i'm like why did why did that come up and i feel like i told her because i told myself in my head so many thousands of times why this didn't work or why it wouldn't work and yet Back in the day, I never, I never opened my mouth. I never told her that, and so freeing myself of that allows me to then go, "Oh wow, you know what? I thought I told you." And this happened, I think, a few weeks ago. If I'm right, we were we were just talking about something, and I remember saying something. And you're like, "You never told me that." I'm like, "Yeah, I did. I totally told you that." And you kept looking at me. And you're like, "No, you've never told me this before." 
wow, how many times did I tell myself that mm-hmm. in my own mind and yet never open my mouth to let Elisa know where I really was? Because honestly, fear gripped me. Fear stopped me from having those open, honest, and transparent conversations, which we need to be having again. Mm-hmm. So true. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just conversations with those that are outside our family. It's not just conversations with our spouse, but a lot of you, we know are raising kids and your children are watching how you handle the situation. Your children are watching, you know, how you process. They're watching what you choose to do with your friends. You know, our daughter, both our kids have friends who are black. And, and I've had, you know, numerous conversations with our daughter around this because one of her very, very good friends is a young black man. And, you know, just talking about what does that look like and how do you have these conversations? Mm-hmm. And we're equipping the next generation, you guys. You're not just, when you listen to the show, you're not just equipping them to have great marriages. You're equipping them to be extraordinary people. And they learn how to be extraordinary from watching what you do and from the conversations that you'll engage in with them. And they'll take that into their marriage mm-hmm. and they'll impact a generation. And you, on the other side of it, are leaving a legacy for them. Absolutely. And you know, the last thing I just want to address as we're, as you know, we're bringing this show to a close is think about that. You know, I shared with you just a few minutes ago that one of our core values is action. Mm-hmm. And I know in these weeks that there's been a lot of posts to social media. There's been, you know, blackout Tuesday. There's been, you know, all of these different social media posts, but I want to, I want to encourage you to go beyond putting up a post. Because the truth of the matter is, is that an Instagram story is gone in 24 hours. Anything on your, your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed, it just gets lost in the noise. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily need one more post. We need one more phone call. We need one more, hey, how are you doing? We need one more, I see you. I recognize you. It's just like in our marriage where we want to be valued and cherished and seen. The one family wants to be, that's, that's a deep human need. It's not just the one family. So who can you, who can you connect with? Who can you say, you know, I'm actually going to take action mm-hmm. in this area because it matters because being a part of a family like the one family means that you take action when it's necessary, no matter what the personal cost is. No matter if people will see you in a certain light, no matter what people will say about you, because you recognize that in order to be extraordinary, you have to do the things that are hard. Yeah, I can't say it any better. In all honesty, when when life happens, we're going to get behind the microphones um, and just go for it. And I think... In this moment in time, we'll leave it upon you guys to determine what you're going to do. Hopefully, this gave you hope. Hopefully, it gave you something to really think about and some action to take. Maybe it gave you some some relationship that you need to reach out to, a friend. Maybe it's it's your spouse right now. That relationship needs to be fostered. It needs to be. Um, it needs to just. It needs some love. And lastly, faith. Lastly, faith. So go out there this week, be bold, be extraordinary, because you are. You're an extraordinary person, and you're in an extraordinary marriage. And you and your spouse can do things that you never thought possible when you push fear to the side and you let faith take over. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.